This is Big Jeff. And this is Beauty and the Beast Mode. Episode. <laughs> Episode who knows. Who knows, who cares. We still here. Have a. It's been a while, my brother. Man, you know what? Uh, stuff happens. I mean, you know, things get delayed. Sometimes like a fine wine, you just need to ferment a little bit. Damn right. Yeah, man. What's up, brother? Good, uh, good to see you again, man. Good to see you. I see you all the time, but it's good to uh, be sitting across from you. Up on the podcast. mics. That's right, man. Damn right. I, I went back and listened to some old episodes in anticipation of us getting together again. Okay. And uh, I cut you off a lot, man. <laughs> 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 you must have been listening to the early ones. Yeah, the early ones. Because they got better. It yeah, got better. You, you got <laughs> no man, but hey, we are in a. It seems like we're in a totally different world. It does. It's been about five, six months since we last recorded, uh-huh. and a lots happened in that five, six months. A lot. Yeah, a, lot. a lot has been crammed into that five or six months. Yeah. Global. Yep. All yeah. over. So many things to talk about, and I, I and we've talked about this before. We don't want to like timestamp any of our episodes. I'm sure that we'll probably try and cram a lot into this episode today. But man, yeah, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a bit wacky out there. It's a yes, crazy baby. world. Yeah. It's been one week since you looked at me. Chicken of China, the Chinese chicken. Why did, Why does he say it's been one week since you looked at me? What's the next verse? We said you looked at me. Blah, blah. Is it verse or lyric? It's a, it's a lyric. The, 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 verse is, the verse is like the whole paragraph okay. before it kicks into the chorus. So the lyric, just, the lyric is just like the sentence? Yep. Okay. Yep. But confident. but no 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 it's good it actually took me back there I'm like oh yeah I still remember that stuff right. but I don't know what the hell the next line is though I wonder what what would you imagine the next line would be It's been one week since you looked at me I've been crying in the corner asking why you did that Is that what he said No <laughs> it like, it like that. That was the first line Yeah man so right now you know, not to timestamp anything, but we talked about, you know, uh, it's been a while since we've been on here, but right now there's a lot of conversation to be had. There's a lot of conversation happening. Right. And there's a lot of devastation. Yeah. Yeah. The devastation is the worst part, you know. It's all pretty bad, but so there was a hurricane that came through the islands. They know that. They know what we're talking about. Well, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, 
boy, oh boy. The scariest thing to me was one of the scariest. Boy, oh boy. I don't think that I've ever heard you say that for as long as I've known. What's that? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> did I say it like that, too? <laughs> you did. You... Boy, oh boy. I can't wait to listen back. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but there was a graphic that they put up of like the different islands, like Barbuda and Puerto Rico and and Barbuda. Yeah, I never thought that that was an island, but it's an actual island. Barbuda. Barbuda. I know that there's Barbados, but okay. there's Barbuda. Bar- Barbuda is singular. but it was weird because they put up a graphic of the vegetation and all the plant life on the island before the hurricane came through and they showed all the greenery and then they showed after and 95% of the vegetation and plant life was just gone and same thing with Puerto Rico I think it was like 75% of the vegetation was gone yeah. It's like completely blacked out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think some of some of the parts of the island are starting to get power back now. Uh, yeah, it went from like ninety eight percent. It was a hundred percent without power. Yeah. But then it was ninety eight percent, kind of quick. And last I heard, I think it was a couple of days ago, it was ninety one percent was without. So it's tremendous. Uh, and you know, uh, being Puerto Rican, and I, I do have family on. I think there's still a few out there that they haven't heard from. Uh, but, you know, in the same boat as every other um, person that has family on the island, you know, you probably heard from a couple, but haven't heard from everybody. Right. So it's a, it's a dire situation. And I'm just hoping that um, Mr. Uh, I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday. Yeah. Does something significant. Yeah. And makes things happen a lot more quickly. Well, you know, it's the. I'm. I always say the craziest thing, or this thing, or that thing. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things, but I just don't understand why. Like they have that, uh, the Jones, the Jones Act, Act mm-hmm. where when a hurricane hit Houston, Texas, and when the hurricane hit Florida, it was lifted immediately mm-hmm. to provide support mm-hmm. and relief and all that. But there was a pause when it came to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Like, why was it days upon days upon days before that was lifted, you know? And, you know, you're trying to look at both sides of the coin, right? Like, um, obviously there was a a tremendous amount of devastation and ports were were, uh, impacted in great ways and and the, the airports and getting flights in and everything still is very difficult, but then you're like, yo, Mark Cuban got a plane out there. Other people got a plane out there. Carnival cruise lines were bringing food and and supplies over. Pitbull loaded his plane up and got stuff out there. When I heard that, I was like, Pitbull got a fucking plane? (laughs) 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 What am I doing? Out of all the things. Mr. Worldwide for real. Yeah, I mean, they just want 
things to happen at a very rapid pace. Yep. Very, very soon. Yep. Uh, you know, you see the video clips and you hear stories on Facebook and people share. The, the great thing is that people are sharing a bunch of stuff. Right. At least on, at least on my page, maybe it's because, you know, I have family and stuff like that that are unconnected. But I feel like people are sharing stuff. So maybe that's what I see because that's my what my social media is filled with. But I don't know how many other people outside of the people that I know are sharing, you know, which is right. Which is uh, hard, hard to think about. Yeah, well, it's so like people in like the southeast or southwest of the country are uh, of the island are you know going walking or driving if they have fuel all the way up to San Juan, all the way up north, just to get a signal for like a cell phone, you know. And what's nice, like you were saying, I have so many friends who have family over there. And little by little on Facebook, you see, thank goodness I, I spoke to my aunt or spoke to my sister and these peeps are okay. And, you know, throwing up, hey, by the way, in this town, there was no flooding or, you know, just in case people have family in that town, but they didn't know. And there's definitely a wealth of information being shared by the people, the civilians. You know, it makes I mean, I'm taking it back every every single day that that's happened. Like it, it it's been heartbreaking to to hear the stories. And yeah, you you get excited when you see somebody's family member reaching out to them and they finally get in touch with them. But you hear other stories and people are dying, and it is it is heartbreaking. Bro, have you heard the mayor of San Juan? Oh, begging and pleading, saying that if we don't get help, it's going to be like a genocide. You know. That that's the amount of people that are just going to start dying because they don't have food and water. Yeah. It's just crazy. Somebody, a friend of mine, showed me an image of one of his family members uh, washing their clothes in just a ditch. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, all that to say, I mean, for me personally, you know, thoughts and prayers, and I continue to pray every day and, and talk to my, my family here and ask them if they've heard from... Um, you know, the, the family members that they grew up with and uh, just continue to pray, man. But it, it is, there's a lot of sorrow. Yeah. And there's still going to be a lot of sorrow uh, that that people are going to deal with over the next several months. Yep. You talk about the elderly that are there. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're so, we're so proud, right? Puerto Ricans are so our culture, like we're we're just filled with this pride and, and strength and and strength, yeah, and resilience. Yep. Yeah, all in the same. And we don't want to walk like we don't want to leave our family members. We don't want to walk away from from the island. We like there's a stubbornness to it, but it's about the pride that the culture brings with it. And even uh, listen, you know, uh, full transparency, having never been to the island. Right, but just growing up in that culture, like there's such a pride and strength and resiliency uh, that I'm sure people want to rebuild, and people didn't leave, and people probably don't want to leave. But man, people are gonna have to leave. It's just gonna be like this. The first of all, we can't even demonstrate the ability to get there hastily enough. To, to provide them 
with just the basic needs. Right. Right. You're talking about people that are in the middle of the island, trapped in their areas. Some of it because they're stubborn, but some of it now because they can't get Because out. they can't, right. Well, I think one of the saddest things that I had heard was that I spoke to a friend of mine, and, you know, we were talking, and I said, yeah, you know, all, all the younger peeps are going to be like, yeah, we're bailing. Let's get out of here, right. you know. But the saddest thing, just everything that you said about pride and, and mm-hmm. you know, was that a lot of the older peeps were like, we got to go, yeah. you know. So there were a lot that were like, we got to go. But I know speaking with a few friends, they said that it was, by that time, it was kind of too late. So they just battened down and... Thousands of people at the airport. Yep. Yep. It is, it is a horrible sight. Especially just being, just being Puerto Rican. Like, it is, it is so heartbreaking. Um, yeah, man. So hopefully things will, will make a drastic change. Once the president gets there, it's just so absurd, man. When, when he said earlier in the week that I'll be there on uh, next Tuesday, like, I understand. And I'm trying to understand. Like, there's some complications and, you know, there's a lot of mobilization or, or security and whatnot, but it's been a long time. Like you said, when celebrities are flying in, on their own private planes, there's no reason. Well, man, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to stay abreast of that, and, and uh, hopefully next time we talk about it, we'll have some happy things. Really positive things. Yeah. You know, and you, you look, not just the hurricanes, but you had Mexico with two gigantic earthquakes in a row, eight point something and seven point something. And just the hurricane that hit us? Right, hurricane hit us. Yep. Uh, Irma. Cuba and yep. It's just wild. Yep. Wild times, man. Wild times. Yep. Oh. Which, which, which spawns the big like, both sides. It's always two sides, right? Why can't it just be let's do the right damn thing? Mm-hmm. You know, you have one side that's saying, "Oh yeah, but there's no climate change," you know, mm-hmm. and then. You have the other side saying, oh, yeah, there's no, no climate change. Yeah. You know, both saying the same thing, but in different different ways. Saying that there is no such thing, and the other saying there is a, such a thing. But I just, you know, so many things that I've been seeing recently, especially with all these devastating uh, events and tragedies that are going on, it's like I've, I've seen the beauty in people. Trees of green, red roses too. Yeah. I seen them bloom for me and you. What? What? Oh, did we do like Freaky Friday? Did we switch bodies? Because normally you're the singer. <laughs> hey man, you, you, I actually didn't remember the words. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm uh, but you know it's. Like the unity of people. When, whenever you see these giant 
disasters and tragedies, you know, to see that human spirit of people who might be from two... The human spirit. <laughs> human. The human. U-M-A-N. <laughs> but, you know, it's... They could be from two opposite spectrums and people that don't get along normally, you know, and whatever it may be, and just put all that aside to help each other, you know, and but then you still see the ignorance of other peeps, you know. You see a lot of ignorance, very true. But to your point about the human spirit, um, you just hope that we can sustain that. Right. Like, how can we bottle that up and 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 look at it and say this is this is the best of us how can we continue to be this what are the ingredients that are in this bottle right here and how can we share this with everybody do you think it's like a greed thing do you greed? think greed but in, in what way in the way of you know like i said before everybody should just do the right thing no matter what, right? As adults, we all know what the right thing is. So do that without any sort of, well, this helps me in this way, or I'll get something out of that way. Take yourself out of it. Take any agendas and, and all these things out of it just to do the damn right thing. So you feel most people, or some people are doing it to get that self-gratification? No, maybe they're getting something out of it, or maybe it's just because that's their, that's whatever it might be, you know, maybe they're looking at it like, I could get something out of this, or this will benefit me in this way, or, you know, this is my point of view, so it has to be this way, instead of really taking off the blinders and saying that's not the right thing to do. I mean, I hope not, I, I, and I don't, I don't like to think that people are doing it for that, I mean, you, you see, I mean... The amount of outpouring with uh, donating and, and, you know, lending helping hands and, and helping rebuild, and whether it be Florida or Houston or, or Puerto Rico, uh, I think people genuinely want to help. And I think that I feel like we, because there's been such a division with, uh, obviously, with the, the, the politics, and um, I think that more people are coming out of the woodwork that actually want to connect to other people in good ways. Right. So I feel like it's bringing out, even though it's bringing out the worst in us, I feel like it's also bringing out the best in us because you're starting to see those people come out and, and start to speak out more and, and, and start to uh, make those best efforts to try and understand somebody else's perspective. So I'm... I'm trying to look at it in that light. Obviously, I'm not naive. Right. I know that uh, there are divisions there. And uh, to your point, some people may be doing certain things because of what it does for them. Uh, but I, I wholeheartedly believe that it is bringing out the best in a lot of people. Not everybody, right. but in a right. lot of people. It's all, like, I think of stuff like that as, like, you know, the moral compass, but, like, you know, like the movie Crash, right? Did you ever see the movie Crash? Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon was the a-hole cop, the racist cop. Yeah, that's 
when all the stories uh, intertwine. Yeah, you know, stuff like that where somebody has like a moral decision to make. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know that moral decision. Whenever you see a movie and it's like they could go this way, they could go that way. Like the old books, you know, you know like choose your own, choose your own adventure. adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love those shits. Yeah. Obviously, you read Archie comic books and stuff like that. Sure. I used like to that. love. Ooh. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> you seen that show Riverdale? No. Yo, Riverdale. Is it's on the CW? Okay. Okay, so don't knock me for watching. That's all right. But it was on Netflix. Okay. And we binge watched it. Okay. And it was so great. That's the <laughs> high school that Archie went to. Yeah, the high school, but it was like an adult. It was an adult kind of show. So it's real act, real life. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. animation or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So, but the show was so great, and obviously the show's like about them in high school and all the different storylines and what. Whatever, but recently I was doing comedy, and uh, we were, the the audience was pretty much like college kids. Okay. And so they weren't into some of the stuff I was saying. Um, like this is not that they listen. I had to pull them in, right? Okay. So I started talking about Riverdale, and they didn't know what the heck I was talking about. That's funny. And I was like, and then I realized. These kids probably don't even have cable or anything. Right, right, right. And I'm talking to them about Riverdale, and they're like, they're looking at me like I got four eyes. Man. Cooking off hot plates and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. But anyway. That's funny. Like that. That's funny. But I used to love comic books, bro. I used so to I love them. I have a, I have, I don't know, maybe 150 or so comics that I still have. But as a kid, I was so stupid. I didn't think about the value yep. that could come from this thing. Yep. So, like, I put little pinholes in them. I had them hanging all over my wall. Oh, yeah. I had a whole collection of Spider-Man just hanging all over my wall. Yep. Put little pinholes in them. Ruined them. Yep. It won't be worth anything. So, I freaked out one day because I was going through my old collection. And I'm going through, going through, and I have, like, the, the guide that tells you how much, like, each comic book is worth. Yeah. So, I'm going through, going through, and the then I pick up one comic it was a amazing spider-man and it was a certain uh issue number right so i'm looking and i'm scrolling through scrolling through because they have like a million different spider-man yeah. so you got to find out the exact one Can you name them all? Yeah. so amazing, amazing. yeah Marvelous, marvelous, darling. Uh, so I get down to the issue, and it said like five hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, so it said it. So five hundred thousand dollars. So I turn it over. Right, bro. I think I peed and pooped at the same time. But then I realize it was just like a back cover. So, like, it was a false back cover uh -huh. just showing the cover of that issue. So, the real issue, it was, like, worth 25 cents or some shit. 
So I picked it up the wrong way. Obviously, the real issue oh. number was on the bottom. Yeah. So when I picked it up, I saw this, and I was like, holy crap. So, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is our ticket. Yeah, 25 cents. So which I'm very happy to say that I finally have enrolled in some uh, training and classes and stuff like that. <gasps> I said it now. Stuff like that. Uh, I'm so happy. But I took a class at a uh, University of Florida. And we're talking about voice over acting. Voice over, uh, yes, voice over acting. Give us an example. Uh, give us a little sample of one thing that you think you would be great at with respect to voiceover acting. So what I would love to do would be what they told me that where they saw my voice was doing like narration stuff. So like documentary, history, mm, like all that type. Uh, like that prick when they did the, the crime show. Do you remember that? What the hell was the name of that? I think so. Unsolved Mysteries? That prick. Yeah, yeah, you get that prick. <laughs> <laughs> what makes I don't know. I don't know. He, used to scare the hell out of he had a great voice. Yeah. But like they, they said Dude, that. Liam Shriver. He does a lot of oh, stuff, yeah. yeah. He does yep. boxing ones on HBO. Right. Those are good. To I me, bro, nothing beats Morgan Freeman, bro. Oh. That voice is just like butter. Yeah. So I would love to do that. I would love to do like uh, bad guy voices in like uh, like animation or uh, animation? or like video games. You know, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. do like yeah. the bad guy voice. Right. Um, you know, just it, it would it, be like the commissioner voice, like the lieutenant cop or something like that. Hey, you, get over here. Or do do like let's say uh, that was so bad. There's two. There are two cops. Right? Right. And you're their boss. Go. They come to you with uh, a case and they don't have enough evidence. And you want them to go find evidence. And scene. You two pricks are sitting here with your thumbs up your asses and I don't know what you're doing out there. Go out there and get that evidence. That was like a 10 out of 100. I'll give you an A for But it's, it's funny. So like in one of the classes, you know, they have, they were like. I was expecting you to do more like Commissioner Gordon type. Okay. And then you'd be like, hey, I'm the Italian, I'm the Italian boss over here. It was Mario as a cop. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. It's a me, Nastase. <laughs> Um, but they had like 25 of us in the class. So at the end, we got to record ourselves and listen back. And for each line, it was kind of like a, a commercial. Did, did the teacher have all you guys facing away from him? And like you teaching the class? No, your backs, no. You guys are just using your voices. <laughs> it's like the, the, uh, what's that show? The voice where they don't look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, no, he actually, we listened to everything. And at the end, he recorded us, and like it was face to face, right there. Uh, kind of a line, a couple of lines for what like a commercial. Oh, I don't remember. Come on, man, this was a couple. 
It was about a roller coaster. What was it? You started to remember? It was like, you know, it was something like, and, and come see the 10 roller coasters, the highest in the land, blah, 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 all this crap. Come on, and Monday through Thursdays, it's do, do, do. You can be the, the monster truck voice. That's perfect. What was the old ones? Oh, yeah, but he said something. Was it Friday, Friday, Friday? <laughs> That's money for you, though. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's something that I've wanted to do for years, and I finally was just like, I, I, I reached a point in my life, right? And when we started this year, we were talking about, or before the new year, we were talking about resolutions, right? We were talking about playing the trumpet. And different stuff. So I said, my... Kind of. I like how you just change and stuff like that up and different stuff. I, <laughs> hey, it's something new. <laughs> but uh, my mantra was going to be stepping out of my comfort zone yeah. this year. So I don't know what it was, bro. I just sat there and I was sitting there one day. And I got kind of tired of just sitting there. And like I said, the voiceover stuff is something like when I was 18 a guy wanted to hire me for a radio station. I think I told this story before. But like, I'm... So this in, this was in, that was uh, while well, I was in New York. This was in uh, the times when... Uh, what was that big club in New York? Or like Club 57? Uh, like that? Uh, yeah. Studio... Studio 57? Studio 52? Studio 52 was right there. Dude, so I I was towing cars at the time, and I pick up a dude in Manhattan, and he was going all the way to the Hamptons. So that's from like one end of New York to the whole other end of New York, Mm -hmm. the whole East Coast of New York. So about halfway through, the guy goes, you know, I really like your voice. And I'm like, stay over there, buddy. You know, I'm good. I'm good. And at this time, like I said, I'm 18 years old, bro. I have a big wad of cash in my pocket because I'm working 100 hours a week. And and (laughs) (laughs) please say you're happy to see me. No, but, you know, at at that age, you don't know any better and you think you know it all, you know. And like I said, I have a big wad of cash in my pocket because I'm working so many hours every week. And when I go to drop the guy off, he goes, I want to hire you. He was either the manager or the owner of a radio station in New York. And he's like, your voice is amazing and this, that, the other thing. Amazing, I'm, amazing, I'm telling amazing, him, amazing, amazing. On Friday, Friday. <laughs> but he was saying, you're hired. I, I want to hire you right now. And I'm like, ah, you know. And then, you know, I kept pushing off, pushing off, pushing off. He's like, this is my card. Call me. Give me your number. So I give him my number. And he literally called me. I didn't call him at all. He called me two days later. Then he called me two days after that. Then a day after that. Then five days after that. And finally, he just stopped calling me. You know, and in my head, you know, I'm like, I'm good. I'm towing. I got tons of money. Yeah. As my kids would say, fucking goals. <laughs> goals, dad. You know, but you're stupid back then, and you don't want to listen to anybody. Unfortunately, like my father knew, 
and he's probably like, he, he, he was like, oh, it's uh, obviously my AP, you bastard. But, you know, you're hoping, looking back now, like you would hope for some advice. And he was like, oh, it's probably a scam. You know, like, <laughs> everything. really? Everything. Right, everything. right. So looking back, I'm like, I blew it. You know, I blew it. And that was when I was 18. Now I'm 45, and I'm like, you've just been sitting around saying, oh, I would love to do this. I've been all these years, I would love to do this. Well, it doesn't just pop out in front of you and say, take my hand and here you go. Here's everything that you want. So the take my hand sounded familiar, but the hand, my hand, my hand did not at all. <laughs> oh, I got it. Take my hand. It's Elvis, right? No. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I like the Elvis one better. So what's next? So... I have a few classes that I'm going to be taking. Was a hero to move straight from playing. Elvis. <laughs> but he never meant to yeah. me a straight up yeah. and plain. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's next? Suck up. Him and John Wayne. Uh, so... Over the next couple of months, I have some classes that I'll be taking. And in uh, December, I'm actually going to Orlando to record at a recording studio uh, a whole big demo and all that stuff. So it's pretty so sweet. The Orlando gig, did that come, is that a part of the class or did that come as a result? Of, like, so I took the initial class and then I, I joined another training class. And that's part of that class. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the quicker your voice pops off, the quicker this podcast pops off. That's it. That's it. You know what's crazy? He's like, welcome everybody to Beauty Podcast. Get out of here. No. No. No, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I know, obviously, if something clicked at 18 for somebody, then regardless of the time that it has transpired, at this age now, somebody's going to recognize it as well. And it's just been marinating, baby, that's all. Yeah, It's just yeah. been marinating. It's been, it's been, it's been fermenting. Is that, that's what you said, right? Fermenting. fermenting. The, yeah, fermenting. the juices have been yeah, yeah, gathering. Yeah, that fine wine, man. Oh, yeah. Like, this is what we have been waiting for. Like when I talk low like this. I almost envision myself being the new 2017 Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. That was like a macho man. Uh, I think they do. I think they do sell Kool-Aid still. Hmm. Uh, I haven't had a cup of Kool-Aid, glass Kool-Aid, pitcher of Kool-Aid. It was always a pitcher. Always a pitcher, yeah. Uh, So I went. I rented last year. I rented a cabin in Blue Ridge, North Carolina, uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia. 
so in the town they had like this strip and i think it was called main street and it was like a whole bunch of like touristy shops and this that the other thing antiques all that stuff but they had oh, man what you said antiques now i'm starting to i'm starting to pick up on everything the way that you just said antiques was phenomenal thank you antiques <laughs> <laughs> um so they have one shop that had like all the old school candy like from when you were a kid like the stuff that you were like Inspired. like <laughs> it was dusty as hell in there <laughs> so like a cracker barrel but like even better so they had these soda cases all up against the wall so they had like all these weird like when you go to these little towns in these places they have like the weirdest stuff like they had some like ginger ale and then they had like a spicy ginger ale bro they <laughs> I would have pooped myself they had knee high. What's knee high? What? Knee-high. Grape knee high, orange knee high. It was soda. You never had that as a kid? Oh. It was like 5,000 grams of sugar per bottle. <laughs> but grape knee high was my favorite. And it just, the taste of it. And like it, it was, the sugar content was probably just through the roof. Like one bottle and you have diabetes. Uh-huh. Like. It was. It's really good though. So was it soda? Soda, so knee high. Probably liking it to when I was growing up. Fago was the was the stuff. Fago? Have you have you not heard of Fago? No. F a y g o, cream soda, strawberry, root beer. No, I always hated I, it. We Dude. used to buy these things for twenty five cents from the Winn Dixie, and so there. When I grew up, we had a. a, a it was, there were four of us that I would even hang out with. Me, KT, my buddy Tyron, uh, Maurice, and Billy. Okay. And we used to walk to the Winn-Dixie, which was in our neighborhood. And we each had our own individual Fago that, like, we claimed. So before, like, mine was cream soda. Somebody else's was grape. Somebody was strawberry. Somebody had another flavor. And, like, before you could buy a cream soda one for yourself, you had to like run it through me. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was ridiculous, man. So you could veto somebody getting a soda? Yeah, I, I think I, I don't know how. It was just <coughs> dumb stuff like that to keep ourselves. I don't know. Anyway, that's funny. But it was like we used to do the same thing with um, rap videos. So like Rap City, Young TV Rap. If a song came out, we all used to watch watch uh, Rap City, Young TV Rap religiously. Just so we can see when a new video came out. Right. Because then we would claim that video and that song, and like you, before you could listen to it or like jam it or claim it as your song, like you had to run it through whoever's song it was. It was, I don't know what, what the whole purpose behind it was. Was there a penalty if you were busted drinking a soda or listening to a song? I don't even know what we did, man, honestly. But it was just like if, if my song was, uh, my song. So my song for weeks was Run DMC, Down With The King. Okay. Right? Like, I claim that song, that's my song. You can't have that song. I don't even know what it meant. But it's just like, that's my song. You can't claim it until I release it. it that's was, funny. I don't, I don't even know what we did it for, man. But it was just something to keep us occupied, I guess. Mm. There wasn't much to do in that part of Pensacola, Florida. Damn. Pensacola, Florida in general. Right. So. That's funny, bro. Knee, knee, high. knee high. It was really good. 
really good. Takes me back. Speaking of taking me back, so I saw the movie It a couple of weeks ago. Stephen King's It, yeah. the the redo. Mm-hmm. Bro, this movie was like a combination of like Stand by Me, great movie, amazing movie, Goonies. And then some like some scary crap. So Stranger Things, I, I kind of describe like that as well. So they did it so good, like the kids, the kids back and forth with each other, like kind of like what you were saying with you and you and your friends growing up. Right. It kind of brought me back to to that. How like I remember growing up and like like I'd go off with my friend's mom, you know, and be like. You know, I saw your mom, and she's gonna do this to me, and like, like whatever it may be. You know, you look like you're gonna throw up. Yeah. You never did that. Like talk about somebody's mama. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, do that, and just like, just go off on each other and all that stuff. But like the innocence and the the nastiness, like that boys would talk, how boys would talk, it was totally in there. And then they had some scary stuff in there too. And it, like and I, go ahead. I heard like it had funny parts in it. Like I heard from a couple of people that it was scary. Then I heard from a couple of people that it was, it was a good movie, but it wasn't really scary. Like right. it was a great story. Uh, I also heard that like it didn't go into like the whole adult piece that the that. Well, the original it was like in two parts, right? Like it was like no, it was one book, but it was like eight hundred pages. I mean, yes, the movie. the movie when they did the movie. It was a mini series, yeah. yeah it was so a it was like few different parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in the, in the movie now, that's probably why they didn't go. Up. So they're making a sequel already. Yes. So they got the green light. So, like when it ends, it says like it, uh, Stephen King's it or something like that, but it says chapter one. So, like, in the book, they have, like, a whole thing with the kids, and then they have as adults. Yeah. So, it's going to go back to that. But, like, like the horror or scary parts, like, there were a few, like, make-you-jump moments, mm-hmm. but there were just, like, the others were just, like, creepy. Yeah. You know? Like, disturbing okay. creepy. Okay. Like, just with the lighting mm-hmm. and with the dude's face as right. the clown, and, yeah. It was good. It was good. Check it out. So, I kind of wanted, you know, like, like we said earlier, it's been like six months since we've been on, and I've, you were saying that you were listening to some older episodes, and I've been thinking a lot uh, about the podcast, and wait, what are you about to tell me? And ju- <laughs> we made a pick. You did used to cut me off a lot. <laughs> no, but, you know, just, it's definitely something that I love doing, and I know that you love doing, and, uh, you know, the whole point of this, you know, when we first started was bringing positivity into people's lives a little more, if you can make somebody smile or relate to a story. <coughs> and I just, you know, the past few days when we were talking about recording again, mm-hmm. getting back in it, that... You know, I've just been thinking about all the people that have supported us and just, like, 
you know. All of our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they out there somewhere. They're going to come as soon as, as, soon as your voice. <laughs> Listen, I'll bust my ass. All right. Um, but, you know, just whether it be the peeps that we have had on to do the faces in the crowd sessions, mm-hmm. you know, our friends that have done that with us, um, you know, or just peeps that would shoot us a message saying, hey, I listened to the podcast. Great job. And, you know, I've people i know that peeps have come up to you and peeps have come up to me like hey when you were talking about yourself being adopted you know i'm adopted and i'm related and i'm kind of like happy to hear somebody else's take on it and this that the other thing so (laughs) we wrote that into the podcast but you know when it's just nice to know you know that there are peeps out there that truly enjoy the podcast um you know, hopefully peeps who listen enjoy it. Um, but it was kind of just like a little thank you to everybody who supported us, you know, up to this point so far. Just want to say thank you. Cool. <laughs> you, we got a lot of listens. We got a lot of listens. We do have a lot of listens. Do you, so before... That was very thoughtful of you, Jeff. Well, it's true, and it comes from the heart. Oh boy. Baby, you love. I can never remember the That's the email. No, I know. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna put it out there. Everybody will have it. Whisper it. Mouth it to me. Did you get it? Did you get it yet? Did you get oh, it? I got it. Yeah. That was very thoughtful of you, man. And, you know, I, I know you say that you know we we hadn't done a podcast in a while and, and whatnot, but hey man, we don't have to have a certain rhythm to this thing. We just got to provide great content, baby, and I believe that's what we're doing. We are providing great podcast content. Our faces in the crowd have Hoping. been amazing. We talk about positive stuff. We keep it joyful, and and we break it down sometimes. And we talk about the nitty-gritty stuff, the the ugly underneath the rocks, and we bring that out so that hopefully other people find a level of comfort to where they might be able to talk about some of the things that they're going through as well. Right, right. Yeah. Have you, uh, there's a, a show on PBS that I want you to watch, uh, the document, uh, the series, what do they call it when it's, when it's not a documentary? Like a lot of parts to it. What do they call it? Like a docu-series? Min- mini-series? No, it's real. Docu-drama? No, a docu-series. It might be a docu-series, I think. The one on Vietnam War. Have you heard about it? No. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? I thought you would have been all over this. No. It's... Maybe I could, maybe I could narrate it. You would be fantastic <laughs> at it. You really would. It's on PBS. Okay. And it, it's about the Vietnam War. And I don't know how many episodes are out right now, but I think last I checked, there were three or four episodes. And I don't know how many there are in the series, but it's, I mean, it's talking to the guys that were there on both sides of the war. Um, really? They have, like, the footage and everything. And it's, it's really, really, really well, it, it's, it's done in such a phenomenal way. Do they talk to them together? Or is I it separate? Seen, I hadn't seen any of 
back. Okay. I need to watch the rest of the series, but it's definitely something that, that you should watch. And, and, you know, I think about, I was thinking about that because I think about how long we've been in, in the conflict that we are in now. Right. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like down the line, I was just like, man, there's going to be a series out. Yeah. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Yep. Just like this on the conflicts that are happening now. Right. Right. And it was just so, it's just so phenomenally put together that, that you, you have to watch. I thought you'd have been all over. No, I didn't even know about it. I'll check it out. Yeah, so there were a, a few different ones. So when I watched, uh, I think it was, oh, God, Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they, aside from Band of Brothers, they actually did interviews after. Yeah, after the, with, at the end of the episode. Yeah. Right. My gosh, bro. Which, I mean, you have these men who are like, 80, 90 years old who are just telling this story and the emotions that they have are like it was yesterday, like it's never left them and, you know, the bond that they formed with their brothers when they were serving and what they went through all together and just there for each other throughout the years, my gosh. And I think that it really struck me because obviously thinking about these conflicts now, but also thinking about the very volatile political situation that we're in right now and the absurdity that occurs over social media that aggravates other countries and other leaders of those countries and where things could transpire to and watching that and then thinking about where we are now and stuff that could occur, obviously, like, you don't want to think about it like that, but it's just like, man. Right. So, do you watch the show Designated Survivor? You know, I watched, like, the first half of the first season. It's really, really good, bro. I, at first I thought it was, and then I, I lost interest. No, give it a shot, because I know in the beginning you're like, holy moly, Look at this, it's something new, and the story was great, but... Boy, oh boy, holy moly! <laughs> Gosh golly, yay, yay! Um, <laughs> but, and then it kind of got a little strange, uh, but then it just kicked off again. It was really good. Give it a second try. Okay. It was good. Maybe I'll do that when I find time. <laughs> All right, there. I'm just looking at our stats. So while Jeff was looking at the stats, I wanted to say that whatever it is that you can do to help the people that have been affected by the hurricanes that happened in Houston, obviously the devastation in Puerto Rico, if everybody donated one case of water, 
one case of water. One pack of baby wipes. Of baby formula. One item of canned goods. That they will be so much better off. Just, you can go to a Winn-Dixie, to a, a local grocery store and pick up a case of water for three to five bucks. If everybody can donate one case of water to the island of Puerto Rico, it will go a long way for a long time. So that's that's my plea. Uh, three to five dollars. Heck, if everybody in the world, everybody in the United States donated one dollar. Yep. But do your research. I know at, in times like these, everybody gets the heart to give. But do your research. Um, make sure you're, you're donating to the cause that you want to donate to. Um, make sure that whatever you're donating is getting to where it needs to go. Um, and by doing your research, we're also saying don't just look on social media at the popular uh, nonprofits or the aid organizations, like actually dig in and do your research. Yeah, your Better Business Bureau and, and you know, I, I, there's obviously been a lot of pop ups, GoFundMe pages, all of, all of these things, you know. But if you know somebody that's been impacted, uh, they may have a, a direct line to donate to their family. You know, maybe they're sending items to a certain location that's going directly to their family. But in, in some way, shape, or form, give to the people of Puerto Rico, and it will go a long way for a very long time. Yeah. So... Again, I just wanted to say some thank yous. You know, like, I'm, I'm looking back at past tracks that we have, and, uh, like, I'm looking at the Lift You Up and Bring You Water, where De Leon yeah. was on there it's with family. Isaiah and talking about his family in Puerto Rico, where his father went and brought water through the village. And, uh, you know, thank you to De Leon. And we had... Uh, just going through all of these. We had your your parents on <laughs> for episode eight, yeah. where your moms could have been a fly girl. Yeah. You know, they were on there. We had uh, Andrew Coglin was our first real faces in the crowd. He was our first one. He was our first one. You know, we had Mark Cubbage on. We had the episode, episode 14, a little help with our friends. You know, we had, uh, we had De Leon and Isaiah and McCall. We had Kenny on, you know. And uh, we had Nevins. We had Adam Silva on twice. He wasn't our only two-timer. We had James Herrera on. Yeah. Will Blaylock we had on. Comedian extraordinaire. We had a 
a special one in my heart, and I know a lot of pe- other people as well, but we had the 9-11 episode with uh, Nick DiPaolo and Charlie in Modino. And uh, Dan Evans, like you said, we had Pete Cataldo on. You know, talk about voiceover acting. He's yep. New York doing that thing right now. Yep. Daddy Mind Tricks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also had on Yeye Martinez. And uh, I want to thank you especially, brother, because uh, I truly, truly enjoy spending this time with you. And uh, I look forward to our little recording sessions here. And I love you, brother. You know, the, the good thing about that is that if, if there's anything that people that are listening and are going to listen to this can take from that, it's that you're never at a point in your life where you can't go on another adventure. That's right. Right? You, you never get to a point. I was watching The, uh, the Voice. Yep. No pun intended, but I was watching The Voice the other day. And that dude on there was 61 years old. Singing his butt off. Right. 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 His father was a singer before him, and and he's been singing for a while. And his wife is supporting his dream and working two jobs so that he can sing. Uh, and he went on the voice at sixty-one. Did his thing. He didn't even look sixty-one. Wow. Uh, but you're never too old to to go on another adventure. You're never too old to try and pursue that dream that. Uh, you, you've always dreamt since you were 18 years old, you know, or you're never too old to chase that thing that somebody said, man, you'd be great at this. You're never too old to do that. You know, we had, if you look at our life in quarters, you know, you, you got the first quarter, you know, up to 18 years old or whatever, and you got second quarter, and then you go into the second half of your life after 45. Like, that is a, that's a, that's a whole that can be an entirely different point of view from the first half of your life. Right. And an entirely different adventure. And so I would just uh, applaud you for, for turning on that switch and pursuing that. Because, I, one, I know that it's not easy, right? I do uh, comedy on a regular basis, so I know it's, there's a lot of scratching and clawing and, and you're continuing. It's just like that picture with where somebody has the, the, the pickaxe, I think that's what it's called, and they're digging and they're digging, and then you see one person stop, and a diamond is right there. And it's like, you just have to keep on digging and keep on scratching and keep on clawing, and you'll grab it. You hear about actors that didn't start an acting career until 45 or 50 years old, like literally not have been doing it for a while, but like literally start at that age. Right. So... I, I applaud you for going on that on that adventure, and I know you're young now, five years from now, which will go by relatively quickly. Yeah. If you continue to do it, you're going to be amazed at all of the things that you would have accomplished by the time you reach that destination five years from now. Yeah, I'm excited. So you just got to keep at it, brother. Keep at it. Thank you, bro. I, I'm looking forward to hearing your voice in Disney commercials, talking about road coasters. Nice. I'm looking forward to you, you having a, a credit on a video game. I'm looking forward to 
hearing you on the commercials here in Jacksonville for the monster truck show. Nice. Because <laughs> I know you're going to get it. I know you're going to get it. And with your voice, I know you'll get uh, a lot of that relatively soon. Thank you, bro. So, yeah, man, I, I applaud you for, for chasing that adventure, bro. Thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks. And secondly, a beautiful thing about that is that your kids see that. Right. 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 Your kids are like, like you said, fucking gold. Yeah. Right? Go out and live. <laughs> G-O-A-L. Go out and live. S, sucker. Go out and live, sucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, your kids are going to see that. My dad started this at this age. And then he was able to not only pursue that and grab it, but as a result of that, look at how much more fruitful we are able to live as a result of his hard work and him chasing that. Right, right. And you, there's a satisfaction that comes with it, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a satisfaction with it. There's a, there's a, an intrinsic motivational factor that is involved with that, that keeps that drive alive. Even when we're rejected, even when uh, somebody beats us out for something that we thought was ours, there's still an intrinsic motivational factor there that continues to drive us in that direction. And it's, it's, it's because it's, ri- it's written. It's written in the stars. That's why. Right. It, it is written in the stars. It's already written on our tablets. It is, it is already stamped in somewhere that that's what you're supposed to be doing and that's supposed to be a part of your life. Right. Yeah. So going back to Stephen King, they said that Stephen King received, I don't know how many, but I think it was something like 12 or 15 or 20 rejection notices mm-hmm. before he got his first yeah. book published. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... 15 times being told no after you're writing this and writing that and writing this. You're right. It's just you keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be uh, in the room invited to your first screening for a voiceover. Nice. (laughs) We're going to have a big party for a 90-second commercial that you do. And, and then we're going to celebrate so hard, man. Ugh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait, bro. It's already written in the stars, man. It really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling the passion for it, and I'm feeling the... the I was going to say the fire in my loins, but it's not in my loins. <laughs> fire in my belly. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. All right, so here we go. Let's, 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 let's do this. Uh... Here is your your commercial, Jeff. You no, are, no. Yeah, listen. Hey, bro. Listen. Here's your commercial. You have the trailer for the next big movie. Do you have a script for me? It's Jumanji 2. Let's say it's Jumanji 2. Make up. Normally, I'm just reading off of a page, and they call that in the business a copy. You need a copy? It's a copy. Normally, I would have it in front of me to read. So if I pulled up, like, uh, (coughs) 
the description of a, a movie. In a world where a board game turns into a jungle, shit's about to get real. They may. Think about the first. You, what's one of your favorite movies? Is it on the FX channel? What's one of your favorite movies? We're trying to get FX money right now. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Like action movies? Doing action movies. Could you do Lethal Weapon? Could you do 48 Hours? Could you do Bad Boy? 48 Hours? Just do a cop movie. <laughs> do a buddy movie. Do a buddy movie. Buddy cop movie. One of them can barely speak English. And the other... Uh, I don't know. It's not about imagination. It's about having it in front of me. Google like uh, I don't freaking know. Google. Like the script, the the uh, what was it? The like the preview lines for Armageddon or something like that. Okay. When you you, how many other people were in the class with you? Like twenty five. Really. Yeah. So. so did everybody have an opportunity to listen to everybody else? Yeah. And yeah. Like, there were some peeps that sucked bad. I was just say, were there people in there that had no business being Yeah, there? like, one person was just like, so there I was eating there popcorn. Was. <laughs> so there I was, sitting by the campfire. Uh, you know, like, so there I was, eating popcorn, like, totally robotic almost. So, the teacher, the the uh, the instructor that was there, you know, like he would get done with somebody, and you could see on his face, like he was like, "Wow," you know, like his face would light up when somebody did well, and he'd be like, "Great job, great job," you know, and he'd start clapping for somebody, and then somebody would come up and read something like that, and he would be like, "Okay, thank you," <laughs> like totally, just like, "Wow." Read this. After discovering that an asteroid the size of Texas is going to impact Earth in less than a month, NASA recruits a misfit team of deep core drillers to save the planet. How was that? Listen, I just speak it. I didn't write it. <laughs> that was good, man. No, I told you, man. You're you're a natural. This is this is definitely uh, what you're meant to do. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. You're definitely meant to be behind the microphone. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I got the face for it. <laughs> the face for radio. And then maybe maybe someday I'll have a a, a couple of specials, and then you can be like, yeah, I can announce you. Yeah. Yep. Based on what you've seen and what you know of my comedy, how would you announce me? Again, I don't have a script in front of me. Okay. Well, what would you include? What kind of uh, accolades? What would you say? Uh, it would be something like... Uh, hmm. 
ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. A real great guy, hullabaloo. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a laugh riot. Yeye Martinez, who's gone up and down the coast, has been in the Florida's funniest competition, who's been in competitions and winner of competitions in Florida and all around the world. You, let me tell you something. I need, <laughs> I need a script. <laughs> I need a script. I'll make sure that I write a script for you to describe the comedy that you've seen me do. <laughs> dozens of he's, times. He's, dozens and dozens. He's been in competitions. He's been on stages before. <laughs> he's he, has, he has entered comedy clubs numerous <laughs> times. He's been in the green room. Before. <laughs> Off. Yeah. I appreciate you Ditto. being here today. I'm excited to hear about the things that you got coming up. And uh, Ditto, brother. I again, I'll make one final plea for everybody to to do something. Do something, please, and help the people of Puerto Rico. Damn right. I think it's about that time. I feel like I gave a pretty detailed beef measurement. You did. And I, th I would say it's very inspirational. But I believe we need, like, a solid quote right. to wrap up. Wow, that was funny, right? <laughs> because you're looking for the beast mode moment to inside of and you, you're, and, you're looking and I'm looking song. for my Jeff's joint. <laughs> totally forgetting that we're actually recording oh, here. So Yeye's got stuff coming up too, comedy-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing that I've got coming up here relatively soon, uh, within the next week, that is is pretty great. And, you know, we talk about Obviously, uh, being able, if you have uh, a very special set of skills. Nice. If you, have, if you have some talent that can, you know, bring people out and, and find a way to, to raise funds or whatever it is, then, then use it. If you can sing, if you can play the guitar, if you can play the banjo, whatever it is that you can do really well, use it and, and see if you can raise funds through, that, through those means. And me and uh, an extended uh, family of comedians from Orlando, Florida, are going to be doing a show to raise uh, uh, dollars and to collect goods and items for the people of Puerto Rico. Uh, I think that's on October 9th, and that's in Orlando, Florida. Me and just a, a, a lineup of a bunch of killer comics uh, are just going to go out and try and bring joy to some people. 
situations. Um, you know, you talk about the Orlando area. Uh, it's a, it's a, a very uh, dense population of, of Hispanics. And, you know, they have a lot of family members that have been impacted. John, Vince Taylor, Jeff Jones, Ken Miller. Uh, we're going to be performing at the other bar in Orlando, Florida. And it's going to be a comedy benefit show for Puerto Rico. Uh, and that's brought to you by the guys at Real Laugh Radio. That being James Young, uh, Marcus, uh, or uh, Miguel Colon, Devin Seymour. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then later on in, in November, I'll be down in Lakeland, Florida telling jokes with Dougie Almeida. So we'd be out there delivering the laughs as well. But, you know, and then other than that, trying to pay, stay consistent here in the team and, and write new material uh, because that's how we do it as comedians. Uh, so, yeah, man, those are some of the things that I got coming up and a couple of things that we're trying to do to help out the people of Puerto Rico. So to get to my beast mode moment, I will say this. And this beast mode moment comes courtesy of Team Grasshopper. We have an unchanging relationship with gravity that brings us down. That's why it's important to connect with people that lift us up. We all have at least one common ground. Gravity keeps us bound to the soil. That's our common ground. We can start the conversation here and then stay connected to the one that lifts you up. That is your beast mode moment. Nice, brother. Very nice. Mm. Jeff, we've come to that point in the show where it's time for pew, 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 Jeff's Joint. I take it that uh, you're queued up and you're ready to go. It would not be Jeff's Joint if you were queued up. If I was queued up and ready to go. Damn. I, w- I want to see where you take it. I'm interested to see uh, what you got from today's episode and song. I'm interested to see how you tied this all together. Uh, I think I think that we talked about some very uh, significant items. We didn't get I'm too political. One thing we didn't do is we didn't talk about social media and Facebook and all that stuff. Like Jeff, like speaking on. of, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we kept it. Pretty uplifting today, especially to hear about the story of Bullet Hill Action, man. That is, I cannot wait. That's so fantastic. So, Jeff. Thanks. Are you ready? Just about. I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Jeff's joint. <laughs> <laughs> 
chorus on that one. That's so good. I know who that is, baby. That's Stevie. Oh, I yeah. was listening to him just the other day. I was listening to, uh, I think it's called the Definitive Stevie Wonder album, but so many of his best songs, man. Nice. I, I love, I love some Stevie. Love Stevie. So why, why that song, Jeff? Uh, for many reasons, but uh, as a request, I'll do this here for you. I think it's fitting in a few different ways. I think it uh, goes hand in hand with your beast mode moment, you know. Um, you know, in the song, he talks about many different things, um, you know, <laughs> and you know, people banding together, just, just, you know, getting up to the higher ground. I didn't listen. I didn't say it stuff like that. So, but it's just you know, it's it's about people opening up their minds and their conscious and 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 you know, being aware of not just themselves but everything around them. You know, and I think in this day and age, like we spoke about earlier, you know, with all the different things going on, that it is uh, very pertinent to all of the. Uh, all the events that are going on at the moment. So, see, like, there I go. As always, I, 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 I stumble and I fumble my words, and then I have, like, a, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I think I have, like, early Alzheimer's or something. Because, like, I can't remember names. Will Ferrell. So, like, I stumble and I fumble, and I'm like Will Ferrell in old school when he busts out the debate thing. And he's like, what did I just say? So there's why I played that song. So. Yes. <laughs> it was a very convincing role that he did. Performance. Well, Jeff, um, we've come to the end of the episode. This is the end. I appreciated Jeff's joint. I appreciated what you brought to the table today. I appreciate you turning over that page in the book and stepping into another adventure. Um, very inspirational. Thank you, brother. And till we meet again, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I am J.A. Martinez. I am Big Jeff. And this has been Beauty and the Beast Mode. Until next time, peace. See ya!